reader, looker, gazer, skimmer, skipper, thumb-licking page-turner, peruser, you getting your print fix for the day, pencil-chewer, note-taker, marginalianist with your checks and X's, first-timer or revisitor, browser, speedster, English major, flight-ready girl, melancholy boy, invisible companion, thief, blind date, perfect stranger. That is me, rushing to the window, to see if it's you, passing under the shade trees, with a baby carriage, or a dog on a leash, me, picking up the phone, to imagine your unimaginable number. Me standing by a map of the world, wondering where you are, alone on a bench in a train station, or falling asleep, the book sliding to the floor. The Country I wondered about you when you told me never to leave a box of wooden strike-anywhere matches lying around the house because the mice might get into them and start a fire. But your face was absolutely straight when you twisted the lid down on the round tin where the matches, you said, are always stowed. Who could sleep that night? Who could whisk away the thought of the one unlikely mouse padding along a cold water pipe behind the floral wallpaper, gripping a single wooden match between the needles of his teeth? Who could not see him rounding a corner, the blue tip scratching against a rough-hewn beam, the sudden flare, and the creature, for one bright, shining moment, suddenly thrust ahead of his time, now a fire-starter, now a torch-bearer in a forgotten ritual, little brown druid illuminating some ancient night. Who could fail to notice, lit up in the blazing insulation, the tiny looks of wonderment on the faces of his fellow mice, one-time inhabitants of what once was your house in the country. Velocity In the club car that morning, I had my notebook open on my lap and my pen uncapped, looking every inch the writer, right down to the little writer's frown on my face. But there was nothing to write about except life and death and the low warning sound of the train whistle. I did not want to write about the scenery that was flashing past, cows spread over a pasture, hay rolled up meticulously, things you see once and will never see again. But I kept my pen moving by drawing, over and over again, the face of a motorcyclist in profile, for no reason I can think of, a biker with sunglasses and a weak chin, leaning forward, helmetless, his long, thin hair trailing behind him in the wind. I also drew many lines to indicate speed, to show the air becoming visible as it broke over the biker's face, the way it was breaking over the face of the locomotive that was pulling me toward Omaha and whatever lay beyond Omaha for me, all the other stops to make before the time would arrive to stop for good. We must always look at things 
from the point of view of eternity, the college theologians used to insist, from which, I imagine, we would all appear to have speed lines trailing behind us as we rush along the road of the world, as we rush down the long tunnel of time. The biker, of course, drunk on the wind, but also the man reading by a fire, speed lines coming off his shoulders and his book, and the woman standing on a beach studying the curve of horizon, even the child asleep on a summer night, speed lines flying from the posters of her bed, from the white tips of the pillowcases, and from the edges of her perfectly motionless body.' 